welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia, and we've got building designer Frank Geskus with us again. Welcome, Frank. Hi, Amelia. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a building designer. I've been in the building industry for nearly 30 years. Uh, I've had all sorts of exposure to all types of buildings, uh, from residential, commercial, industrial, mining. Had lots of fun doing it. I love working in this game. Uh, I decided to do my own thing as a building designer, Um, coming in, been invited into an office with a bunch of other guys, um, with me, one other person, and then we kind of steamrolled to where we are now, where we've got 20 staff, um, uh, building designers, lots of trainees, we've had heaps of trainees over the years, one of the things I... I really love doing though is educating, educating my customers, making them aware of the whole process, things to look out for and that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast. I thought I could share it with everyone. And what I'm really surprised about um, in general is the fact that you know you get all you get taught all of these different things at school, how to do maths, how to do science, how to do English. What you don't get taught is how to get a home loan or how to purchase a property or what to look for in a block of land. Like, n- none of these things are in the curriculum. Why? Real, real life stuff. I know. Or even ha- have a budget, you know. Exactly. How, how to balance your money. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's all through life. And with most people, it's getting their castle, their home. And a lot of people aren't aware of some of the processes, but a lot of people like to improve, extend or build brand new. Obviously, that's where we come into it, but even choosing the right piece of land i get a lot of customers or developers we go look at properties buildings and the like and we do assessments on those to see if it's suitable for their needs you see the good the bad the ugly uh, and it's amazing what we can do even with the ugly look at our offices what we did here what was uh, originally a grandstand and um, tote and bars used for a greyhound track we turned to our own professional offices I have read up a little bit of history about that. It's, it's actually quite interesting, um, even old photographs that they've had of the old racetrack. And, yeah, yeah and you the can, old dog track. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can see a few um, little hints of it in certain rooms of the oh, uh, office. <laughs> we just found some more interesting stuff buried underneath the old grandstand that's nearly 100 years old that's collapsing. You know, it's found some amazing stuff in there. Sounds like you need a building designer to fix it up. Yeah, well, that's happening. (laughs) But that's lots of fun. And that's looking through the history of buildings. Um, It's like forensics in a way. Like we do a lot of that when people want to do extensions, renovations, how they built it, the type of construction of the time. And we have to work that with the modern type of construction, do it cost effectively for the customers. Um, But sometimes we can't see it. You know, it's covered in plaster or or roofing or cladding and then when they pull it apart during construction that's my favorite bit going to site working with the builders finding solutions uh, to little surprises they find 
And I guess that's a big part of it too in terms of building design itself is is problem solving because, you know, there are things occasionally that you just you can't anticipate and you can't see. Very much so, from blocks of land where someone's buried a tree stump to all sorts of weird stuff um, to obviously we deal with all the regulatory side of things from planning schemes and every designer architect knows what I mean. We kind of shudder with those sometimes difference of opinion within uh, councils or shire planning departments then we deal with their infrastructure and engineering departments environmental health departments then we deal with building surveyors all the consultants that is involved and we've spoken about those in the past too there's lots of pieces to build a single dwelling there's absolutely heaps so it's fair to say that we don't just do drawings no no but, what, you know, one of the most fun things to do as a building designer, I went and built my own home, and then I built a bunch of units with my brothers, and real hands-on experience, and that was the best thing I ever did to be a designer, it's just the real practical side, budgeting, costing, selections, that, that was hard, it's real hard, but it was the best thing um, I've done for my profession to understand that side of it much better, and I've done my own developments as well commercial developments and other um, residential developments and I encourage all my staff to start looking at that for their own houses and get their hands dirty and have a go at some of this stuff. It's the best way to learn. So I guess training for the staff as well is quite important too. Huge, yeah. The the majority of the team here have been trained from scratch. They've either left uni or TAFE and they've come and joined us and what I'm really proud of though is that the guys that, you know, I've helped train are now training others. You know, we're bringing the next uh, wave of new designers through the business. And how much has design changed since you first started in the industry? I imagine everything has sort of changed in term, not only in terms of regulations, but also in terms of design as well. Let's keep regulations out of it because that's never-ending change in Australian <laughs> trans regulation, and that's fine. That's what we. Uh, you know, we're professionals and we have to stay on top of that. And it's not always easy because we're not always informed of all the changes. Uh, from a design perspective, uh, yeah, certainly that's changed. You, you go through a whole wave of types of designs and what's popular, you know, through periods. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, every house had to be rendered. Uh, now no one even does much rendering. What now? It's popular now. How many Scandi barn looks have we done? Yeah, a lot of cladding, external yeah. cladding. and Yeah, it's, it's yeah. all really interesting stuff and it goes through these waves and we need to keep up with that. But it's also listening to the client's needs and being making sure that we meet their brief, you know, being very clear on the design brief or the scope, whatever you want to call it, to make sure we can achieve with their budget their, you know, their dreams and aspirations for their house, their extension. And still we do the more traditional homes as well. Um, yeah, three-bedroom, hip-roof house, we'll do that to really complex uh, designed houses. It's Everyone needs a roof over their head, you know, and happy to assist anyone with that. That's what I love about, you know, us in particular is we have quite a range of designers here that they've kind of gone into their field or area that they yeah. love to design um, and they're really encouraged to pursue those areas that they love and then they can, well, I guess it gives us lots of variety. Variety is the key. I, I find that for myself personally. It's not just about the design, it's also the problem solving. It's 
working with the builders, working with the concreter, the plumber. There could be other challenges. I love all that, doing commercial work and working with a commercial electrician, mechanical, all, all those types of things. It, it's fascinating. Um, I know a lot of my colleagues don't, aren't a big fan of doing commercial work. I absolutely love it. it it's a very different world, but it, it's great if you can really sink your teeth into it. What about... Um Custom homes. We do a few of those we as well. We do quite a few of those as well. And a quite a variety of those. It, they're quite different. And and that's I love that we don't have a style in particular. It's it's listening to the customer and seeing what direction they want that to go in. And and giving options. I love, you know, options, style style options. And now with the interiors that we do as well, we, we're able to do that far better than we ever used to. And um, we got you know, members of the team really excited going down that track as well. I really love that there's so many options in terms of seeing how it will possibly look as the end product, you know, like software has really come oh, a long way. It? It's uh, crazy when I used to, you know, just on AutoCAD, which I used to use, I'm an AutoCAD jockey, and then we went to Revit and that was fantastic. And now we've got all these plug-in software that can do these wonderful renders. Yeah, especially for the interiors as well because yeah. you can even pop in you know the exact furnishings and paint colors and the tiles the bricks it, it is utterly amazing it's crazy a- a- and we're looking at some even better software again to even um, far more detailed uh, renders more photorealistic so that's lots of fun everyone loves doing that type of thing the team loves doing that and it's getting easier and easier to do the other part i love is how we take care of all the applications for the client so what sort of applications are those are you referring to, say, council applications? Well, that's one, council planning departments. That's pretty normal. A lot of designers do that, but we do we act as agent for our customers when we go for building approval. So we hold their hand through that process. We guide them through that. We fill all the forms out. You know, whichever building surveyor they choose to use, we assist them through that, work with the building surveyor. But Taswater in Tasmania, we've got to use Taswater as uh, the water and sewer authority. If there are new connections, upgrades, we will sort that out as well. Environmental health officers for sewer or wastewater treatment plants on rural blocks, as we spoke about previously, um, we'll take care of that and make all those applications there as well. But even when we're doing commercial work, dealing with the Department of State Growth for roads, or parks and wildlife when we're up against uh, the wildlife corridors or parks or things like that. Launceston City Council, <laughs> we've got such a good relationship with them with dealing with their parks and yeah, and all their, I suppose, recreation areas as well. You know, when you build up against those, there are some other certain requirements we have to deal with. So we take care of a lot of that. That must make it so much easier too for the customer. Oh, true. You totally, if you've never dealt with that sort of thing, you do your head in. You really do. Because you go around in circles. The municipalities, shires, whatever you want to call them, the people that work there, the lovely, great people, but they're not there to explain things to the average person. And it's very onerous, some of these items, and very slow moving. Another reason why we started this podcast is because of sort of that lack of resources and educational documents is um, where it was lacking a little bit. There was a lot of lacking of information that's out there and you're not aware. And everything from 
looking at properties to land to potential. I have plenty of customers uh, that have businesses and they're looking at properties. And then they go, oh, look at this property. It says, well, you can't operate there because that zoning doesn't fit for what you want to do in there. So they didn't buy it, you know, but I've had other clients and they've bought stuff and they haven't checked. So it's a very expensive mistake. So we help a lot of people out that way as well, choosing the right property for your use uh, that meets the, the zoning requirements, the use requirements. And what are some of the resources available for people that want to look up, say, the zoning of a property or...? Uh, in Tasmania, there's a great system. Everything's under a state planning scheme um, and there's a website called Plan Build. You can type your address in there and it, it will put title information, zoning, overlays, but you can go down further, ask for a property report and it prints out this amazing setup. Uh, it's all linked to a thing called The List that we have in Tasmania. So, and again, another wonderful uh, website the government's done. It's brilliant. And you can get so much information out of there for any property that you're looking for. And, and we use it a lot. And, and that helps us uh, analyse any site that we're looking at. Yeah, I'd, I've been on the Plan Build website numerous times and it is a fantastic resource and it is quite easy to use as well, um, you know, if you're looking at even purchasing a property, block of land. But you've got to understand what you're looking at. That's very true. You the do wording, have to understand. The wording does people. It's planny speak or buildy speak or whatever you want to call it uh, on there. So it, it's that's why you need someone to give you a bit of a hand sometimes to explain it to you. And that's something that we offer here. We do. Yeah, we do. And I love doing that because I'd rather people ask us rather than buy something without researching it properly. Or be aware, eyes wide open. You know, the whole bushfire uh, attack levels that we have to consider for houses. I've, got, I've had friends looking at buying a block they're right next to the bush and I said, this is going to cost you a lot of money because you're right up against the bush and the bushfire component is going, to, is going to really hurt your design and where you want to place the house and the materials that you can use. So the, they were still happy with that, so they still purchased, but they were fully aware of it. There was no surprises. Yeah, that's always good good to know because it can be such a costly mistake. Massive. And also titles don't tell you... Here's a beauty. Titles don't tell you everything. This one really gets up my nose. (laughs) 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 Even if you look at a title, your conveyancer looks at the title, yet there are things in there in Tasmania where they have... It could be a Section 71 or a Part 5 agreement. And what they are are hidden documents behind your title that aren't actually necessarily on the, the plan that shows, you know, you know where your boundaries are. And you go into these documents, oh, you can't build over part of this or you can't do this or you've got to keep this tree and that tree on there. But it's hidden in behind and it really ticks us off because a lot of people miss it and then they give us the title, oh, okay, we've got to keep this tree or you can only build here due to you're near a highway and there's a restriction how close you can get to the highway because of sound. They're very frustrating and a lot of customers get really um, upset <laughs> when they see some of the restrictions on there when they, they didn't get what they thought they were buying. Another thing too are some of the titles and some of the information is quite old. Oh, unbelievably and old. And therefore the documentation hasn't been updated yeah. to... The and we're going to get surveyors in eventually, later, sorry, eventually, in other podcasts, we're going to get a couple of surveyors that we do a lot of work with and bring them in and we'll ask them questions about 
you know, the titles in Tasmania and our specific, because every state's slightly different. But uh, it'd be good to ask about a heap of questions for those guys as well so we can educate everyone. Yeah, I know recently I, I looked at a block of land and everything seemed reasonably straightforward until I rang the council and they told me that the land was actually contaminated. So it does really plan to do all, you know, do all your research because if I bought that property and then found out that I was going to put animals on there or... Even uh, just put a house on there. Or even just putting a house on there, you might, might not even be possible. That's right. Very uh, much so. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of pitfalls and you're spending a lot of money. And even now, because the prices of everything have gone through the roof, you know, the, the value of everything's gone up. You really want to make sure what you know what you're buying. <laughs> and it comes under the old law, buyer beware. But how can you be aware if no one points it out to you? That's very true. And who teaches you? Yeah, exactly. Or even makes you aware. You look at a beautiful patch of grass, awesome. And it could be just a total waste. Very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But um, anyway, the, the, the challenges with property. But I'm looking forward to having lots of podcasts and talking about all these little surprises, um, challenges, um, but also hope everyone can learn a little bit, you know, and babe, I'm still learning every day. We all are. Oh, I get a new lesson every day and it, it's great. I love learning. Um, I'd just like to know before <laughs> I start a project, I learn something, you know, not during the project. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. You want to go in with your eyes wide open. Oh, totally. But man, we get some wonderful surprises. Go, mm, haven't seen that before. I mean, it does come down a little bit to experience too, because I, over the years, I mean, you do learn things, you do understand things. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like to pass it on to the rest of the team. And I love it how the team come to me and says, oh, what do you reckon of this? Or oh, I've just come across this. Okay, hmm, that's interesting. I haven't seen that before. So we've got to figure out a way to deal with it on behalf of our customers. And it's good because, you know, one person might have, a, you know, an unexpected issue come mm. up and then, you know, it comes up in a, in a meeting and then the well, rest of the team. like the team meeting. Like yeah. uh, Mitch the other day pointed out something, you know. It was great, you know. And, and that's sharing your lessons is a wonderful way for everyone to learn. And it's a team mentality as well. Very much so. Yeah, it's a big part of culture and yeah, we love all that. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love being one big team. I don't know how to wrap this up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to carve all this up anyway, so we'll cut it all up. But that's why I was leading into, um, you know, future podcasts. I'm excited about future podcasts of bringing all these experts in. And we do, we do have a few kind of. In the sidelines. Yeah, we've done wings. a few, you know, with thermal assessors. That was really interesting with Toby. It was really good. So, and then, like I said, we're going to bring surveyors in, building surveyors, builders, specialists, all sorts of guys in to, that, that we do a lot of uh, work with. Um, I reckon it'll be really interesting to share with a lot of people. And some, maybe some designers might be interested. I know some of our team were interested in some of our podcasts. Or we just need to bribe them with something like food. Well, that usually works quite usually well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, morning tea. I'll make some sausage rolls. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be down for that. I mowed quite a few then, I believe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>